This is episode 130 of the Church Venture Northwest podcast. We're finishing up Women's Camp 2015, One Courageous Community. This is a workshop titled 30-Minute Meals by Tony Watson. Hi, ladies. I did not get the memo we were meeting in here, so I was waiting in the other space. It's nice and cozy. This is... I think I'm going to... No, actually, there were quite a few other women in there. <laughs> it's like, oh, we're moving. Okay. Hi. Thank you for having me. I am here to piggyback on kind of what Candy um, was talking about, um, sharing, you know, how to be hospitable to, um, to your friends and your family and even the people you don't know. Um, and you're... You can't hear? Sorry. And um, especially your family, because I really feel like... Those are, that's the first um, group of people that the Lord is entrusting you to serve. And I feel like, above all, we need to be serving our family as moms and wives and mothers, um, serving them first. So I have been a house mom for um, a college Christian co-op for the last 10 years. Um, I never thought I would you know, be doing that for that long, nor did I think that that would ever be something on my radar. But um, I have been blessed with two amazing cultures. I'm half Sicilian and half Hispanic, and food is a big deal to us. (laughs) Um, Pretty much everything we do is surrounded by food, and um, so it's a big Culturally, it's a huge way to show love to one another. You know, you're feeding them. People walk in. You, what do you do? You give them food. That's just how it's always been. Um, I am the seventh out of eight children, and um, we just always had food around, and people were always cooking, and we were always eating, and it was just amazing. So when the opportunity came for me to cook for 47 girls, I thought, oh, okay. No big deal. Because <laughs> at our family ga- gatherings, there was at least 25 of us with, ooh, sorry, with um, all my siblings and nieces and nephews and aunts and uncles and everyone. So it just kind of seemed like a natural progression for me, and it's been great. So um, with that said, I just want to share a few things with you that I've learned over the years um, and just hosting without anxiety um, and just being really in the moment when you're serving others. A lot of what Candy said, I'm gonna probably repeat, but I think that's kind of cool how God like gives you something to say and it's kind of meshes perfectly with the person who's speaking before you. So I think that's great. So um, I'm going to break this into two groups. First group, obviously your family, and then the second group would be um, just others that you would be serving your neighbors, strangers you don't know, um, non-believers, believers, believers, it's just a huge group. So I'm going to start with that group first. In Romans 15.1.7, it says, Therefore, welcome one another as Christ has welcomed you for the glory of God. Um, And that's really why we serve. I mean, we're serving the Lord when we're serving others, and it's all to his glory. So when we think of hosting a dinner party, some of us shiver in fear. A lot of people think that it has to be about perfection and, you know, their houses aren't perfect, they're not the perfect cooks, so 
they just don't take on the task because they feel like it's too daunting for them. Um, but hospitality, I feel like, shows up in a lot of different ways, and often we imagine this big to-do list with impossible outcomes, and when we do that, we um, miss out on a lot of the blessings that God has intended for us, for the people we're serving, and for us. I mean, I have hosted many a gathering where I was extremely blessed when I was really feeling like I was there to be blessing others. So um, it, it works twofold. Um, and we can't get stuck in the notion that, oh, it's only for the gifted. People are gifted in hospitality and that's not for us, it's for them to do. And I really think that we're all called to be serving one another in that way. And again, if you choose to not listen, you know, or not to react in those ways, then I feel like everyone's missing out on blessings. Um, I have lots of notes. <laughs> um, for me, it always comes first with the mindset behind it. So it's, it's not really about who you're serving. You're serving the Lord first and foremost. And when, um, when you have a mindset like that, then, I mean, why wouldn't you want to serve the Lord? So you welcome people into your home. Um, just remember that it's all about extending love. Um, love always comes first. And, you know, we all know that love covers a multitude of sins and imperfections. And I just feel that if you just go in with the mindset of you're going to love on people, then you can't go wrong. So how do we do this? First of all, um, it's not about being perfect. Your guests are not expecting perfection. Um, and you should not put that pressure on yourself. I believe the key to hosting a successful gathering is actually imperfection. Your guests will feel more welcomed um, and comfortable in your home and more relaxed in an imperfect environment. Um, my friends and I have a no disclaimer rule. Um, if you come to my house, it's as is. You know, we're, when my kids were little, you know, there's toys all over, the dishes aren't done, there, you know, there's laundry maybe thrown on the couch that hasn't been folded yet, and it's just a no disclaimer. You come in, this is how it is, kick your shoes off, get comfy. Hey, maybe you can help me fold those towels. It, that's just how it is, and I feel like if you have that already set in place, that yeah, this is just our home, and we're living here, and we're making memories here, so that gets a little messy and cluttered sometimes, so just expect that. And I think that it makes, when you go to other people's homes, then you're like, oh, no, that's fine. Sit down and fold their laundry for them. They'll love it. <laughs> oh, thank you so much. So some key principles that I always imply when hosting um, friends is you have to be a part of the gathering. Um, don't spend all your time in the kitchen while your guests are entertaining themselves and having all the fun without you. That's boring. Um, you, they're there to be with you and you want to be with them. That's why they're in your home. So make every moment um, possible available to spend with them. For me, I like to pick a few recipes that are just tried and true. You've cooked them a bunch of times. You know what the cooking times are, what the outcomes are. You have all the ingredients on hand. It's just a no-brainer. And then you don't have to really be worrying about what you're going to serve and um, once you start with those 
key components, everything else can kind of fall into place. <clears throat> Remember, it's okay to buy items from the store. Um, I do not slave all day cooking, you know, a seven-course meal for my guests. Like I said, I pick a couple things that are really um, tried and true and look like a big deal, but they're really easy to, to make and um, they're big crowd pleasers. And then the rest you can just buy. Um, they're great specialty stores. I love Trader Joe's. I want to figure out how to get stock in that company because I'm there all the time. They have really great products um, that you know you can just keep on hand and use in a, in a pinch. Um, so remember, it's okay to buy some items. I also try to make as much as I can ahead. So if you're make, having hors d'oeuvres, make that in the morning, put it in the fridge, bake a cake the night before, or whatever you know, you're going to do. Um, just try to do as much ahead of time as possible, and that will help in the crunch time. Um, and for me, I think a successful hostess needs to be both a Mary and a Martha. Um, we all know that story. Um, Candy talked about it a little bit, but I want to share what it says. Um, we all know Jesus stopped at the home of Martha as he was traveling along, and Martha's sister Mary was seated, of course, at the feet of Jesus, listening intently to every word that he said. Of course she would be. Um, and this made Martha very unhappy. She wanted to be with her guests, too. She wanted to be with Jesus. Of course she did. She didn't want to be in the kitchen washing dishes and cooking. She wanted to be with Jesus. So um, she complained, and Jesus told her in Luke 10, 41, Martha, Martha, you are worried and bothered about so many things, but only one thing is necessary. For Mary has chosen the good part, which shall not be taken away from her. I believe it's a balance when we serve, um, because that is the ultimate act of love. But we also need to be present so we don't miss out on those blessings that God intended that I was speaking of before. So there are a few things you need to think about when hosting a meal. Plan it out. Planning is key. Um, I think whether you're cooking for 100 or cooking for 10 or 5 of your own family, I mean, it's just really important to have things planned out. Have a well-stocked pantry. Um, have a time frame of, you know, what, how you're going to cook your meal and when it's going to be served and all of that. So just planning, planning, planning. You need to know um, which of your guests have food allergies, you know, what you're going to be serving to them so they're not, um, so they're feeling welcomed and loved as well. Um, so planning, planning is the best. But also you need to realize that when you plan, things go wrong. That happens. So just, you know, be able to go with the flow and um, just not worry too much about um, the outcomes. Because you can always kind of do things on the fly if you need to. And actually, when you have your own plan, not everyone else knows your plan. So they don't need to know that, oh, I was going to serve a chocolate cake, but I burnt it. So we're just going to have the berries now with some whipped cream. You know, it's totally fine. They'll never know. Um, make a time frame, like I was saying. So I always like to like plan it out, whether it's in my head or if I actually write it down. Um, I cook for a lot of camps and stuff like that. So a huge whiteboard with a 
exact time frame works for those kinds of things. But even for like with my family, I'm kind of, I have like post-its that I write and stick up on places or um, it can just be in my head as well. You know, like, oh, four o'clock, get the roast out, get set it on the counter, you know, season it, whatever, you know, put it in the oven, cook the broccoli at five, not 4.30 because it's going to be cold when the roast is done. Just simple things like that. And once you start doing that and thinking that way, it's just a second, second nature to you and you'll just do it automatically. Um, which leads to number three on my list. Invite your guests to help you in the kitchen. I've never once had, was hosting a dinner party or a gathering at my house where someone didn't come up and say, oh, can I help you? What can I do to help you? Um, take them up on that. They really want to feel like they're a part of the gathering and they want to help you and let people do that. Um, you can have some really intimate, meaningful conversations when, you know, you're peeling potatoes right next to someone at the sink. You know, it's just, it's casual. It's kind of an intimate time. Just take people up on that and um, it'll make you less stressful and um, make them feel like they're really a part of what's going on. Um, number two, focus on two great easy-ish easy proven recipes like I talked about before. Um, you need to just have a few in your back pocket that you can just pull out and you just know what, how to cook them and how they're gonna taste and how many portions they serve. It's just, it's just good to have. Um, I really love roasting things in the oven. I feel like it's a great time saver. Like um, Candy was saying about the potatoes, yes, roast potatoes at 450. They come out amazing um, and really fast. But you can put your meat in all at the same time. Put your meat in, put your potatoes in a little bit later. Put your, I love to roast veggies, so you just chop them up, throw them on the pan, olive oil, throw them in it's all done at the same time and you don't need to stand over the stove you know cooking you just need to kind of peek in at it every once in a while and it does make your house smell amazing too um, so utilize those you know your oven your crock pot if you have a crock pot brilliant especially if you have little ones at home um, when my kiddos were little I would just throw a bunch of stuff in the crock pot in the morning and didn't have to worry about it until the end of the day so that's, those are really good items to have on hand. And rice steamers. I cook so much in my rice steamer. You can steam veggies in it. I cook quinoa in it. Who wants to wait, you know, two hours to cook brown rice on the stove? You just throw it in the crock pot, and the, excuse me, in the rice steamer, and it's done in 45 minutes. That's just amazing. And again, you don't have to sit around and wait on it. Um, number five is buy good quality items to accompany your meal. A great crusty loaf of bread. Um, they have some amazing salad mixes out there that even come with a dressing that you can just put together at the last moment, put it in a pretty bowl, and you're good to go. Um, I love just like kind of browsing through the grocery store and maybe some specialty stores and just picking out a few fun items that like maybe a really cool jar of olives or something like that that you can have on hand um, in your pantry just to pull out if you get a surprise guest or something like that. Um, so we, for me, and I think most people, we wanna create a wonderful intimate gathering where we can extend the hand of fellowship and love others as Jesus loved us. 
um, in the end, it's all about how you make people feel. In the end of the day, all we have is love. I mean, showing love, getting love, but even more important, feeling love, how we make people feel when they come to our home. Um, we want them to come back. We want them to feel comfortable. We want them to, um, to just treat your home like their home. Uh, my dad, that's where I get my Hispanic side of my heritage from. He always used to say, mi casa es su casa, which means my house is your house. I have a big um, plaque of it painted over my door and people know that this is a comfortable place. My house is your house. And yeah, I kind of do expect you to help me fold those towels on my couch when you come in. So, <laughs> um, But also know that you're going to be served. And, and that's, um, that's a great, great feeling to have is when you know that people can just come, you know, come to your door when they need something. They can just walk in and, and they know that, that you're going to be there to love on them. And that's, that's, um, that's just an amazing blessing for everyone. So make love the focus of all your gatherings. And the meal is just a side note. I mean, everything will flow from that, I believe. So which leads me to the last part, serving your family. See how much time I have? Ooh, I have 10 minutes. Good. Um, so as a mom, I've raised three amazing young men who love to eat and eat a lot. Um, but when they were young, I sometimes felt a little flustered when, you know, it was time to put a healthy dinner on the meal, on the, on the meal, on the table. Um, my mindset way back in the day when I was young, um, I was consumed with the food that they were going to eat because I was really all about like, making sure you know, my family ate really healthfully and I was being a good steward of our finances for our budget and you know, just all of that. And it really did consume me until I, one day I just realized that it just, like an entertain, not entertaining people or having people in your home, it's not about the food. It's about the experiences that um, you're providing for those people. And so I realized it was about the experiences that we were providing for our boys. Um, just being around the table and interacting with one, one, one another. I realized it wasn't at all about the food, but about the experiences, the traditions, the memories that we were creating for them. The food was important, of course, because we, you know, like I said, wanted to feed our family, you know, really healthful meals and getting the most out of our budget. Um, but in the end, it was really about the experiences. And yes, my kids still have their favorite meals. They're 26, 22, and almost 18 now. And their favorite meals when they were growing up are the meals that they request when they get their birthday meal. So some things do kind of stick in. <laughs> and that's pretty, pretty neat to know that all those little things you were doing way back in the day are you know, kind of still in their head and they remember that. But um, they really do remember most all of the experience that we had. Our table discussions, our prayer times, we always did best and worst part of your day when the kids were little, all around the dinner table. Um, we cried a lot at the dinner table. We actually fought, yes, too, at the dinner table. Um, it's all those things, those things that bond us and, and um, 
you know, make us stronger as families, a lot of that stuff happens around the table and around food, because food is very powerful. Um, so I want to encourage you to make the most of the time you have been given. Be concerned with the moments, because all those moments make up sweet memories that you will hold on to for a lifetime. And now I'm going to get emotional. <laughs> um, maybe someday you will smile when you see your grown kids recreating some of those same experiences for their families um, around their tables with their, you know, new spouses in their homes with, you know, their children. It's pretty great to see that. So here are a few tips I've used to help with this aspect. Um, some of the same things I use in hosting hundreds of people I do with, you know, when my kids were little and hosting for your family. Plan ahead. I always found it helpful to make a weekly dinner menu. We always um, sat down on Sunday afternoon and wrote out um, the meal for the week. The kids had their input. We had three, so I'd say, okay, you each pick what you want for your meal for you know the week, and then that left me and my husband, and we were good. So um, I think including them in that is, is pretty, um, oh my gosh, my phone keeps going off, is pretty important just because you want them to kind of be a part of that. And we, um, we had a pretty picky eater. My middle son was a very picky eater. And if he, you know, got to choose, at least there was one meal during the week that he just loved. You know, it was usually mashed potatoes and baked chicken, but whatever, you know, he ate that and he loved it and um, he felt like empowered to be, you know, choosing some of his meals throughout the week. Um, so plan ahead, planning's key. Um, I also felt like that really helped with our budget because we, I, you know, only shopped for what, what was on our meal plan and then like whatever extras and um, like school lunches and stuff like that, what we needed for that. So I really felt like it really helped. We weren't buying like stuff that we didn't need or there was a plan. So it wasn't like, oh, we need all this stuff because I don't know what I'm cooking this week. So maybe I'll use this. Um, so our budget really benefited from it, which made my husband very happy. Um, but also it made me feel like, I was being, you know, a real good steward of our money, and we didn't really waste a lot of food because there wasn't a lot of food to waste. We just cooked what we had, and we ate it, and it was great. So um, planning ahead and doing a menu was really key um, for, for me as a mom. Um, a few more other things. Make, make a time frame again. So it's, help, it's very, very helpful. Um, it assures that all components of your meal are ready at the same time. And it's kind of comforting to know that things are all planned out and you don't need to worry about it. Um, even if it's all in your head, you know what you're doing. And um, there were a lot of times where we stayed at the park um, with our friends on play dates because we'd stay till, you know, five because I knew what we were going to have for dinner that night. And, it was a great thing, or food was already in the crock pot ready to go, so I didn't have to worry about that. And um, it just helps, I think, with your your time framing and your time management, really. 
I think the most important component is letting your kids help in the kitchen. Yes, this takes more time, more patience, of course, more creative creativity, and yeah, there's a little more mess to clean up in the end, but um, such a huge memory maker and so worth it. Um, I also found that when my kids helped, like I said before, that they ate what we cooked because they were a part of it. And even my picky eater, you know, who, when it wasn't his meal, um, would kind of squawk at what we had prepared for dinner and we'd say, well, you helped cook it, so it's gotta be good, right? And that worked, like he ate green beans because he helped, you know, snap the ends off of them and he, reverse psychology works really well sometimes. Um, so just stuff like that I think is really important just to help make them feel like they're a part of it. I would give them small tasks, you know, chopping, chopping veggies. We bought um, at Halloween time, they have those pumpkin carver knives that are pretty sharp, but they're not sharp to the touch. So we had a few of those laying around and our kids would chop carrots with those or potatoes or, and it, they worked really well and they couldn't get hurt and it was just a great, um, they had their own little cutting board that they would work on and um, yeah, so things like that are really great to get them involved in helping. I think it's important to make that, you know, that special time that's one-on-one -on -one where you're doing things together. I know that we all, you know, hang out with our kids a lot and we have quality time with them, but I think just showing them, you know, day-to-day -day tasks and what you do, and for me, especially for raising boys, I felt like that was really important that they were in there, you know, cooking with me and cleaning with me and, you know, doing the dishes and all those types of things that um, I wanted them to contribute as well to their households when they um, grew up. So it's great. My oldest son now is, he's married and he cooks all the meals in their home. His wife doesn't cook at all and she's kind of happy with that because, <laughs> um, because Andrew's, you know, he learned just from cooking with me that he, it's, he likes to do it, so, and he's good at it, too, so, um, so he does that, and he takes over Thanksgiving once in a while, and it's just, it's amazing, it's just pretty cool to see that just carry over into your kids, um, it's just, it's just all great, it's such great stuff, so one of the things you have to remember is it's really about the relationships and being together, you can make a bowl of cereal for dinner, a special occasion, Sometimes we had a bowl of cereal for dinner and the kids thought that was really awesome. Just light a couple candles and whatever, it's a great meal. Um, cut yourself some slack. It's okay to have cereal sometimes for dinner. No one's gonna die. Um, your kids will love it. It doesn't matter as long as you're all together around the table, laughing, praying, crying, living and making memories with one another. So I'm gonna leave you with this. First Corinthians 10.31 says, whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all to the glory of God. And I feel like if that's your mindset, how can you go wrong? You're just serving the Lord. And that's really ultimately what we all want to be doing anyway. Thank you.